Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, G, U, corner, half back, flat, on two, ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Brock. How are you now? Oh, good morning, Polly. Doing great. Doing great. How about you? Doing well this morning? Uh, not so bad. I can't complain. You know, trying to hang in there as seasonal allergies absolutely oh. ransack me. Oh. Do you know there's one thing about Paul? Do you know that there's one thing? If, if there's a malady out there, he will attract it. Yes. Is it, uh, is it the what? trees? Is it the pollen? Yes. Is it the dandelions? It's true, Paul. What, 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 did you, what did you say when you came back from batting practice? Well, I mean, we're talking about illnesses or are we talking about actual injuries? Maladies Ge- general, are the same thing? General, general maladies. I have no comment on the matter. Anyway, Brock, <laughs> uh, my first question, because I am now self-reflecting and realizing there is a grain of truth in that, Danny. <clears throat> Paul wore a wrist brace after flag football. Let's compare yes. that to Dave Wyman, who went to get x-rayed by his doctor and was told well, that his played. wrist was broken. Still played. Yes. Just trying yes. to set it back in <laughs> place. Right, right, That's right. what a real athlete does. Yes. So, anyhow. Paul, you're constantly hurt. But you at least know the line between hurt and injury, right? Yes, that's is true. It? I mean, I play. I play hurt. <laughs> yes. He'll, yes. He'll tell you all about it, but he'll play through it. Yes. I'm Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Just put a boot on, and I'll talk about it even some more. <laughs> my, but make sure that other shoe is three sizes bigger than the other one. So <laughs> you know, like, oh, man, my foot is swollen. <laughs> I am so sore. So sore. These allergies, allergies have made my sinuses like string cheese. Wasn't that what he compared his shoulder to string cheese, <laughs> yes. Ben did? Yes. Yeah, listen, I'm fighting, I'm fighting through it because, uh, you know, I'm a warrior. <laughs> uh, question number one, Brock. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a little concerned with this. Maybe I'm crazy to be a little concerned with this. But, look, the Seahawks are installing a new offense, and it's not to say that they aren't looking at it, studying it, learning the new playbook as they are all off on their own. But if the Seahawks veterans don't show up for voluntary OTAs, isn't that going to have an effect and maybe slow down the process of their offensive installation? Yeah, it's actually something we're going to talk a little bit about on the old podcast oh. today that we uh, that we tape and and I do. I, I'm not like freaking freaking out because I know Russell is going to spend time with DK. Uh, I, I know they've got what? How many is this Lockett's seventh year coming up? Eighth year of all of that equity that they have together, and they have never been big off season buddies. I don't think Tyler's ever nope. gone down to uh, the, the 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 self logoed field and and ran on russell's backyard turf i don't think he's ever done any of that in in the extent of their their time together paul your former receiver your flag football all-american you understand the importance of timing with the quarterback and i would say uh, of the complexities and where you're going to feel this is think of robert woods and cooper cup think of those guys in that slot Think of the the third downs that they've run against Seattle and and done so very successfully. Think of the number of times on little option routes, on routes that have multiple layers to them uh, to to attack zone defenses and third down defenses. Those are those are the plays. That that's the rhythm. That's what you want to get into. That's where you would sure hope you know that Tyler would participate in some of these OTAs. We know he is. He talked to you guys about how complicated the system is, but actually getting on that field, doing it against defenses, doing it near full speed, right? All of those things to me are important. You're never gonna. You're just never going to convince me as the son of a former coach. You're never going to convince me that yep, I, I don't need practice time. I'm going to be just fine. It just it it. Uh, you can't can't do it to me. And and Tom Brady at 
45 or whatever he is can can say he doesn't need it. But what did Tom Brady do all last offseason? He brought his guys together down in Tampa. What else has he done? I want Gronk here. I want these guys that I've got relationship in years with of equity. So, uh, yeah, Paul, I, I think some of your fear and reservation is correct. And I sure hope, you know, they get to some of these OTAs together and into the mandatory mini camp together and, and start to at least get some base level of communication. It's a challenging thing to know how to run and install a new offense, and they're doing it at a point where there's going to be a ton of scrutiny on how this offense performs at the start. You think start. so? Just, you think there will be? Yeah. Every sack is going to be a <laughs> yes. debate on whose fault it was. Yep. And every time he gets sacked, there's going to be a, a, a diagnosis of blame. We should be more focused on how the offense looks at the end of the season than the beginning. Not just because it's a new coordinator, but because last season, right? Like it showed you that coming out of the gates hot is not is not a guarantee and, that it's going to continue, and it's not the most important thing. But it sets it up that we are, man. There, there's going to be an awful lot of people that are hyperventilating if this thing isn't isn't burning rubber coming out of the gates. And Brock had just mentioned Tom Brady. I mean, that offense as the season went along got away. That's a better. great point. Yeah, yeah, that that's what we should look at is the template. And instead, they started gonna... pretty slow, and you could yeah. start slow, uh, you know, to to a degree in that division. As Carolina was in a in a rebuild, obviously New Orleans goes on and, and wins it, and they've got to do the whole thing, the wild card route, which is a very very difficult route on the road to do. But I don't know if Seattle could afford a kind of start like Tampa had last year through eight games in this division where there isn't any any easy games, where there isn't an easy road, where it is Arizona improved, San Francisco that can be dominant, and the Rams that, that have a D-line you can't block. So, yeah, I, I think there's a, <laughs> a, a little difference to what Tom and Tampa were able to do and grow together and weather and be a wild-card team versus doing that in this division in particular. Question two. True or false, Brock? Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers this year. False. False. He's not playing with with Green Bay this year. He's done, man. He's done. I don't know where he was last night in his his post-shower interview, if he was in L.A., if he was in Hawaii. I know he's down 15 pounds and, and listening to that beauty with Kenny Mayne. But, yeah, I don't think he's going back to Green Bay. I, and I and I felt that same vibe last night. Like, okay, you know, this is a people business, and this is how you've treated some of the people that I've loved in this organization for 15 years. This is how you treated me a year plus ago when you drafted Jordan Love, and and you've shown your colors through and through over the last 15 years of my time in Green Bay of how much the people actually do matter to you, and how much I matter to you. You drafted my replacement, so I'm done. I'm done. I, I don't I don't see him playing a down for Green Bay. Wow, it, it's pretty funny. What do you do? You think Aaron has a weird accent? Can we play a little bit of the Aaron's up with people or the people are what matters? I, I want to hear if Brock thinks that he's got. I don't know where Aaron Rodgers' accent comes from. It's not Northern California, which I'm intimately familiar with and relies heavily upon. Dude, it's not Wisconsin. Here, here's here's Aaron Rodgers talking about the people. I think sometimes people forget uh, what really makes an organization, and you know, history is important. You know, legacy of so many uh, people who've come before you. But the people, that's the most important thing. The people make an organization. People People make a business. Um, And sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it by the people, not by the organization, not by the building, not by the, the corporation. It's built by the people. 
And I've been fortunate enough to play with a number of amazing, amazing people and got to work for some amazing people as well. And it's those people that build the foundation the of those now. entities. I think he says it 20 times. <laughs> At least. Yeah. People. Sounds like you the Declaration wanted, of Independence. You think he wanted people to make a? Make, you think he wanted to make a point? You think he had yeah. a, a, an agenda going into that thing? I He's think like, I'm you, a people person. <laughs> I think if you mated, and, mom. I think if you mated Berkeley and Appleton together, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very clear, very easy. If you mated Berkeley and Appleton together, you would have some sort of hairy, granola loving. Oh, Fish yep. frying, yep. cheese loving, like there would be a lot of contradictions. Well, let's not there. forget his fiance is from Boulder. I mean, we've heard that a time or two. Throw, so throw a little Boulder in the, into that mix as well. You get it? Yeah. You, did you enjoy that with with Kenny Main last night? Did you guys? I did. loved it. Yeah, yeah. Kenny's awesome. He's a Kenny's pretty, great. Kenny's is. gift is that he makes everybody feel like they're his best friend. Kenny's gift is he's totally comfortable making everything uncomfortable too. In a good one, would, not, not making someone else uncomfortable, but you're going to just join in and I'm going to make you comfortable because there's nothing that can make me uncomfortable. So let's go. He had Mike Holmgren in the Seahawks. Dion Branch and Walter Jones took part in it. When Pluto was downgraded to dwarf planet status, Holmgren, he got him to play along where he's talking about, look, some of these guys look up to me like I'm their father. And now I have to go in there and tell them that the little guy's not a planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was about the crisis that had talked, and how everybody's world had been thrown out of whack because Pluto was no longer a planet. It was hilarious. This is a good little bit. Not bad. Yeah. Question number three. I read Peter King's football morning in America yesterday looking for nuggets around the NFL, and I was triggered by something I read because I'm just tired of everybody trying to make this happen when we haven't seen it really happen. But... Brock, you are a quarterback, and you might have better insight on this than me. This passage reads, Troy Aikman told Sam Farmer of the Los Angeles Times the other day that Matthew Stafford could be the NFL MVP this year on a Rams team with a very good defense, a smart play designer, and play caller like Sean McVay. King agreed, saying Aikman's right. I am. I really want to see Stafford actually... I don't know, do anything with a successful team before I can jump into this MVP conversation with him. But do you see it as a possibility with Stafford this year? I do see it as a possibility, and it's it's compelling, Paul, because I'll listen to Mark Schlereth, who thinks that Matthew Stafford is elite. NFL analyst, right? The the Mark Schlereth, the Troy Aikmans that watch the game tape, that see him in person, that are on the practice field, and you're like, that's just still unique and different. I mean, that is still one of the five strongest arms in the game. He could still make throws that others can't. He has some homes as far as his arm and the, the, the spots that he could put a football and the velocity with which he can generate from multi-platforms. He's not nearly as agile and nimble and, and outside the pocket with his legs as a Patrick Mahomes. But in around the pocket and creating, he's he's got lots of that juice. And now you give him, for the first time in his career, a stable organization with tremendous weaponry, one of the better play designers. And, oh, by the way, the number one defense last year in the NFL, and he doesn't have to do it all. My, my odds of that or where I would put him, or he, is he, would he be in my top three? No. Top five? No. Top ten? Probably. Probably, because look what Jared Goff was able to accomplish 
in that place without much of an arm strength, without much arm <laughs> talent, without knowing which which direction the sunset. <laughs> right? I mean, it's and and Jared's a nice, tough dude. Now he is a tough. I'm not even going to say I don't want to offend him. Okay, but he is a tough. He is a tough dude. But he's not a talented dude, and that is why they moved on from him. And Bradley Stafford, why are you laughing? What's because that's hilarious? You just called him a dumb, tough, untalented quarterback. It's awesome. <laughs> Doesn't know which side of the. I called I him a nice, tough, borderline airheady at times. <laughs> Cal Berkeley. <laughs> Northern California loving dude and uh, not close, not close in size, strength, arm, any of that stuff between those two. And that's why McVay and, and Sneed made this move. Pretty bold move for them. But that's why they made this move because they sincerely believe what Troy Aikman believes. And I'm sure that's where Troy got it from. Like this guy could be an MVP for us with the supporting cast and pieces around him. Is What's he- m- What's most interesting to me about this is Matthew Stafford for years has been the quarterback's quarterback. People will talk about like the comedian's comedian. Like every comedian thinks this guy's the funniest even though that he's not that popular. That's Matthew Stafford, man. Like all of us, all of us look at it and we're like, he's a stat monster. He hasn't won that much. All the other quarterbacks, like you ask Aaron Rodgers, who's the most underrated quarterback in the league? And he tells you Matthew Stafford. And we're now going to see because he's going to a team with a legit defense that has had a culture and track record of success, and they believe he's the upgrade. We're yeah. going to see if the quarterback's quarterback is any good. We are. And now, he's not the deepest thinker either now, okay? I mean, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he's not. He's not. I, I, but, I, but he is. But he, and I think I told you guys this. I asked Peyton one time. I said, Peyton, you've had your academy all these years. I don't think they got to do it last year. But they'll do it again this, this summer. And I said, of all these years, you've had every you know, counselor come through there, every great college quarterback to become an NFL guy. Every one of them has, has been through Louisiana, Thibodeau, Louisiana, on their way to the NFL. Who was, who was like the wow? Who was the one that everybody stopped? And even the you and Eli and the other counselors were like, goodness gracious. Was it Mahomes? He's like, ah, Mahomes was up there. But it was Stafford. Yeah, really? Stafford. Stafford's just he's, – he's just different when, when he throws a football. So – but he, yeah, but he's he's also not the most complex and deepest guy. And, and you know what? In a system that says throw it here, probably another attractive attribute for Sean McVay. Like you're not going to be an overthinker. You're not going to sit there and get just paralyzed and over, you know, paralysis by overanalysis like yours truly that you're talking to right now. It is see space, throw to space. You know, great baseball player. He and Kershaw, great buddies still. Yep, see ball, hit ball. You know, see route, throw route. And, and once again, I think another fit in McVay's system and what he wants to do. Uh, here's a question for you. Who gets more MVP votes? Did Stafford get MVP votes, by the way, when he threw for like 6,000 yards and, and took the Lions to the playoffs? Did he get MVP votes I, that year? I, be- don't, looking it up. I don't think so. It's because such Russell's a weird... never gotten a vote. Russell's no. never gotten an MVP vote. So who's more likely to get an MVP vote in 2021, Matthew Stafford or Russell Wilson? It's Russ because the Seahawks are going to be a better team than the Rams. That's what I believe. Okay. What do you think, Brock? I think he's in L.A. I think if he has any level of success because of what you said, Danny, the whole world's going to be watching both McVay and Stafford who bet on each other in this and in that market and all of that hype and all that attention that can be generated out of there and a number one defense, a defense that is better than Seattle's defense. 
an O-line that's probably equivalent, if not a little bit better. Receivers that are maybe not as dynamic, but incredibly productive. They lost lost all their coaches. They lost all their coaches. Yes, they did. And we saw the impact that had here in Seattle, yeah. right? We we have yes. seen we have seen that impact through the years. So yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. I, I think there's a great debate. I don't think it's clear and definitive of of which roster is better. I'd probably even point because of Aaron Donald, the top end of it, and Leonard Floyd, and the impact that makes. Yeah. And Jalen Ramsey, I, I'd probably say yeah. I I tilt the superstar status and the game changing game records to the Rams. Maybe the overall depth continuity, maybe towards Seattle a little bit. But we've seen it. I mean, Russell's never gotten an MVP vote. You you said it, Paul. Like I, I need to see it. I need to see it with Stafford. I need to see it. Done. Russell's never had one MVP vote in a decade. Right. That's true. I, I I do think though that we have seen Russell elevate the play of a team around him. Where with Stafford, I mean, whether that situation in Detroit was completely unwinnable or not, he just wasn't able to make it happen. Maybe that's an unfair standard to put on quarterbacks, yep. Brock. Yep. Is that the expectation? If you're an elite quarterback, as Schlereth described him, don't you have to bring that team up to your level? Yes, and I would say when he played in the playoffs here with a broken finger and elevated Detroit to a playoff team with that scrap metal around him, that that, okay. that season he did it. Did he do it over the course of a dozen years, every single year? No, but the level of dysfunction there is also absurd. So. Yeah, he's done it nowhere near the level of Russell. I'm not comparing those two. Russell is a far superior guy. But if, if this hypothetical MVP conversation yeah. you know, is in, it's about 2021, yeah, I think there's a tremendous sporting cast, a system that fits, fits in perfectly, both knowing in McVay and Stafford, they bet on each other and they've got to do it. It wouldn't surprise me if he's in that MVP race. Brock, we always love talking to you. I hope we didn't make you late for your podcast. Oh, no, no, we're good. Are we running late? Oh, wow, it is late. Okay, no. you got to get over there. Go record no, Brock and Salk. We'll you be able to, we'll be able to listen to that. Maybe you guys will talk a little bit about MVP votes. Keep playing tough, Paul. Keep playing tough. I will be a, war- be a warrior. He's gonna All throw right. me the ball. Yeah. Yep. See ya. That is blue forty two.